Welcome to the Florida Bar Podcast, where we highlight the latest trends in law office and law practice management to help you run your law firm. Brought to you by the Florida Bar's Practice Resource Institute. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello, and welcome to the Florida Bar Podcast, brought to you by the Practice Resource Institute on Legal Talk Network. We're so glad you're joining us. This is Christine Bilberry. I'm the Senior Practice Management Advisor at PRI and one of the hosts for today's show, which is being recorded from our offices in Tallahassee, Florida. Hello, my name is Carla Eckhart, and I'm also a Practice Management Advisor at the Florida Bar's Practice Resource Institute and a co-host of today's podcast. Our goal at PRI is to assist Florida attorneys with running the business side of their law practices. We will be focusing on a different topic each month and we'll carry the theme through our newsletter and website with related tech tips and articles. So this month at PRI, our topic is attorney identity theft. And joining us today is attorney Chanel Schuyler. Chanel is the director of the Attorney Consumer Assistance Program, known as ACAP, here at the Florida Bar. She also supervises the Bar's Grievance Mediation and Fee Arbitration Program. Chanel has practiced commercial litigation, banking law, eminent domain, real estate, and probate administration. She joined the Bar in 2007 as a senior attorney in ACAP and became the director director of ACAP in February of 2012. Welcome to the show, Chanel. Thank you. It's a pleasure for me to be here. And Chanel also has the distinction of being our first returning guest on the Florida Bar podcast, so we didn't scare her off. Um, (laughs) Chanel, we are constantly hearing about issues of hacking and scams and and all kinds of things. And at PRI, we have a lot of tips that we give them for cyber things and things they can do for their electronic devices. But the whole issue of identity theft keeps coming up. So that's why we've asked you to come in and talk about that. Tell us from your perspective at ACAP, how you're seeing that. Is it happening more frequently? And how does ACAP actually become aware of it? Okay, well, first of all, the Attorney Consumer Assistance Program, or ACAP, runs a hotline where consumers can call in and talk to a staff attorney about issues they're having with an attorney out in the public or someone, an attorney that they're dealing with. So sometimes we do get calls about whether or not this attorney is acting appropriately or is really an attorney asking them for money or something of that nature. So that would be one way that we hear of identity theft issues or hacking or or some other related kind of issue. And we can try to walk the person through, well, does this sound like something that an attorney would really be asking you for if you were won a lottery in a country that you've never visited, but you have to mail them 5000 or wire them $5,000 just to get your million dollars. It's usually a scam. So don't do that. (laughs) So that's one way we hear about identity theft issues. The other way is when the attorney himself or herself has heard of or has been contacted by the client that may have either been contacted or actually fallen for a scam and given money, and then they can no longer find that fake attorney or the contact has been cut off, so to speak. And so now they've got the real attorney on the phone saying, well, where's my $5,000 that I just paid you? And of course, the attorney says, you didn't pay me. 
I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know anything, you know, any part of this. I don't know how this person got my name or my bar number, but they've obviously used this to perpetrate a fraud. And so usually when we hear about identity theft with non-attorneys, it's a scammer taking over their credit identity. And then so they're dealing with, you know, the credit reporting agencies because they've opened up fraudulent loans or credit card accounts. But when we talk about specifically identity theft, it can mean that a scammer has actually has gone out there, set up a website and they're practicing law. So truly still in their identity in a different way. Mm-hmm. What are some of the specific scams that you've seen recently where it was that situation? Absolutely. I've seen a couple of different things that have come to our attention recently, and we are assisting those attorneys as best as the Florida Bar can with our resources and guiding them and actually even learning from them on these instances. And that's one of the key things for us to continue to keep up to date on what type of scams are out there. The more information we know, the better that we can prepare our other members to protect themselves as well as the public from these things. So it is important for our members to notify us when they have these instances. But two scams are really coming to mind right now. The first is where an attorney's identity, their bar number, maybe even a fake picture possibly even a real picture of them has been utilized to create a fake website, you know, attorney John Smith PA or whatever that is. And and it's online mostly. They'll give an address, a real address on the website. But if you do some Google Maps searching or something of that nature, it may be an empty parking lot. It may be an office building that would look relatively legit, but possibly if you just dig a little bit further, you would see some inconsistencies there. Maybe no suite number in a large office building, something along those lines that could trigger a very careful looker that, you know, maybe this isn't really a true website, true location of an attorney. But they're good. I will tell you that these scam artists who are building these websites, they come up very quickly when the attorney, the real attorney has found out, oh, wow, my name is being used. My bar number is being used, although I've never visited this city or had an office there or something of that nature. They've worked hard to get those websites taken down with the authorities, but overnight, another website with a very similar name can pop right back up. The ones that we've seen and the types of scams that are being run through these websites are usually something along the lines of buying back a timeshare unit. And most of the time, I think that these timeshare units have been from outside of the United States. Mexico, the Caribbean, Central America, someplace that, you know, a lot of consumers, a lot of Americans have liked to vacation and they've bought these timeshares and now they're kind of sick and tired of the fees that keep Mm -hmm. generating. They might not have gone down there for the last three years to actually utilize their timeshare unit and they want to sell them. And these folks are coming in and really taking advantage of those. Oh yeah, well, we've got a buyer. We'll take care of that. Sign this contract with us. So you're thinking in your head as a consumer, great, all I have to do, sign this contract. They've got the buyer. They're going to take care of me. And here comes the scam. Well, in order to get your $37,000, you need to pay us a customs fee of $2,500 so that we can pay the Mexican government to transfer your money, something 
similar to that. These are very sophisticated, very persuasive people who will be on you to get that wire instruction from your bank and, and, you know, get your approval to do that. Again, as a consumer, you just always have to be wary of if it sounds too good to be true, even if you've put yourself into that situation at that point in time, if you're supposed to get money from someone and they're asking you to give money to Mm -hmm. get money, scam. Scam, Big red flag, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. the biggest that you can see. Yes, yes. <laughs> and and I think the the most upsetting part about this from the attorney's side is they've done nothing wrong. They're not even involved because right. typically when we've the people that reach out to us, their assistant clicked on a link or you know their Wi-Fi was open, so there was some sort of breakdown on their part. These people haven't even been involved. The attorneys that are having their identities ripped off. So, is there a particular? type of attorney that is more likely to be targeted for this? Because I know that we've had attorneys that say, I don't want all my information on the bar website. And so I guess that's kind of a two, you know, a double-edged sword. What do you tell those attorneys? Right, right. Well, we have noticed that there is a greater risk of attorneys whose identifying information, their contact information is not listed on our website. Those can be attorneys who perhaps they've been at the public defender's office or the state attorney's office or other governmental agency where they have a public records exemption for their contact information, oh. uh, or if they've been in law enforcement or some other you know kind of agency where they have a, an exemption, and they're maybe in between offices, or they've come to a point in their career where they're finished practicing, and uh, they don't want to list their home address. The rules still require you to do so. That may mean getting a PO box that's you know more of an anonymous kind of thing than putting your street address on there. You know, emails, everyone can get a Gmail or a Yahoo or any other kind of account that's basically just for bar purposes or something of that nature that, you know, you'll see how many people get your email then from being right. <laughs> mm-hmm. purchased online or something like that. But, um, you know, there are ways that you can still put contact information on there that so when something like this might happen, that you could really see where it would come from. And so an immediate point of contact is actually crucial in this situation because whether it's the consumer who's checking to see if you're legit or the bar reaching out to you, if we don't, if we can't find you, we can't tell you. So I see why they don't want the information out. But at the same time, I think people are getting more savvy. So they will pick up the phone to confirm before right. they, you know, hand out their wiring instructions or their credit card number. So that's right, because it's really important because those attorneys who have all of their contact information, they're certainly not immune from any of this. Mm -hmm. But when someone calls up and says, hey, is this person really an attorney with the Florida Bar? And we say, why, yes. And we say, would you like their contact information? And it's different from what they've been contacting the scammer about, you know, from where they've been receiving their contact from. You know, that's usually an 800 or an 866 number or something toll free that they can get to or a dedicated line somehow. And we give them the actual contact information that's on our website and in our records. And then they can talk to that attorney directly and say, hey, were you you really involved in this? Are you asking me for money? Chances are that's going to end that scam right Mm -hmm, there. 
And then, so that brings up another thought in my mind. If you are the victim of credit card theft, you're not liable for the fraudulent charges. Is an attorney in any way liable if they've been the victim of this identity theft scam? Well, part of what the Florida Bar does through our program, the Attorney Consumer Assistance Program, is we do ask them to report these instances. Number one, it's a wonderful tool for us to be able to do things like this, educate the public, educate our members on how to protect themselves and how to protect the public from these scams. The second thing is we make a record of that report. So that means that if you've already put us on notice of someone using your identity, and we get a complaint in, we can usually stop it right there and say, this attorney has been the victim of identity theft. Worst case scenario, we would ask you to respond to that complaint where you can say, I reported this to the Florida Bar. I knew about this. This is the part that has come to my attention. And, you know, I did report it. As soon as I knew something about it, I'm not involved in this. So it does provide a means by which an attorney can protect themselves, you know, from any sort of prosecution from the bar's perspective. And there's also like a notice on some member profiles. So that would be helpful to consumers. You know, if they go on the bar website and they search for an attorney, if they see that notice that this particular member has been a victim of identity theft, they would know right away to call the bar and verify all of the information. That's exactly right. We fought very hard to get that as an instantaneous sort of access. So if someone calls our ACAP department, an attorney calls our ACAP department and says, I believe I've been the victim of identity theft. I've been notified by someone who says that someone with my name and my bar number asked them for money and I don't know anything about them. We say, okay, write us a letter. Give us the information. It can be an email. Give us the information that you know so far on the extent of the identity theft. We put that into our system. I will ask them personally, do you want the Florida Bar to place a profile alert on your member profile on our website? And if they consent to that, we go ahead and it's a click of a button. It's refreshed within minutes and it can be taken down just as quickly. So I understand the hesitancy on the part of a member to have a big banner on their member profile saying, I've been the victim of identity theft. They're still trying to make a living out there and ensure their clients' information is safe and all that, which, you know, in these instances, this is nothing about their system being hacked. It's really just about their identity themselves being stolen. So we can take that down just as quickly as we put it up. And so I think that's one of the really great functions of this alert. I can put it in for a number of days, weeks. I usually put it in for a year and then ask the attorney to call me back directly if they wanted either extended or taken down. If the attorney knows and, and chooses to have this on their member profile, they should tell their clients. I mean, it's not a threatening profile alert or, you know, it has no negative effect or, you know, it's again, to protect the public. So I think if they frame it in that way, consumers wouldn't be alarmed by it. So it's definitely a useful tool. And it's another layer of protection, which really is important in these cases when, like you said, another website can just pop up tomorrow. So knowing that 
that may happen and that an attorney's information needs to be verified is, again, invaluable. Can they take other steps? So after they've contacted your department, you have the banner up, what are some other things that attorneys do to pursue this? If there's, I mean, because I know a lot of times you can't trace the scammer, but what else have attorneys done in this situation beyond contacting you? Yes, we will tell the attorney to contact law enforcement, their local law enforcement, first of all. A lot of times then that local law enforcement agency may elevate that concern up to a different agency in in law enforcement throughout the state. We will also tell our attorney members to contact the Attorney General's Consumer Fraud Hotline. And that number is 866-9-NO-SCAM. And there's also another consumer services, uh, Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services has an 800-HELP-FLA. And both of those agencies are definitely collecting the information on these types of things as well. And they can work with state and even national agencies to try to maybe perhaps even search the websites and get IP addresses and things of that nature Mm -hmm. where they can go behind the scenes a little bit more, especially if there's some interstate or international kind of money transfers and things of that nature, they can, I think they can find out where these sources are originating mm-hmm. from. Yeah, as right. technology advances, there used to be that these people just had free reign on the internet, but you're right, they've right. gotten much better at tracking them down just from that. Yeah, uh, and they have the address. resources and the tools. And, and again, I think the more that people report these things, I'm certain that this is an grossly underreported type of thing. You know, people don't want to report to the the Florida bar that something's happened to their identity, but it's really important to do that. It's important to do this with law enforcement and with all those other agencies as well, just so we keep on top of the latest scams Mm -hmm. and and really can get to the heart of these things. Yeah. And from the other side, I think that if you've been scammed, you may be embarrassed, like you you look foolish, so you don't want to tell anyone. Mm -hmm. And then you're, you know, you're allowing it to continue if you don't bring it forward to the authorities. So it goes both ways. One of the other ways that we are aware of, and there's been a Bar News article about it, that attorneys' identities are being stolen in a totally different way. They're not out there practicing law. I guess they can be using this. <laughs> but there was a whole article in the Bar News about the e-filing accounts. And so that sparked quite a few phone calls of just mm-hmm. alarmed people because they said, I don't even need an e-filing account. I don't file anything with the court. That's not the kind of law I practice. What are you telling those people? Because if the scam was these non-attorneys or, you know, we don't know who they are, are setting up e-filing accounts, which is very easy because they want to make it easy for attorneys to sign up. But then what is your office telling attorneys if they're concerned about the e-filing account scam? Right. That was the second type of scam that I was going to talk Mm -hmm. about. And then we got onto the the (laughs) more media topics Mm -hmm. of what do you do? But uh, in this particular case, an attorney's name and bar number were used without her knowledge, to set up an e-filing account. And it went so far as, again, building a fake corporate identity. Wow. Wow. You know, it was registered with Secretary of State's office. And and this attorney did not practice anywhere near the geographical area where this oh. fake law office was set up. The scam artist petitioned the court for surplus funds after foreclosure. And there were considerable surplus funds Mm -hmm. in the registry of the court. 
and this fake attorney filed a petition on behalf of the foreclosed person, you know, saying release the funds to this attorney's trust account and, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars at risk here. And they were able to get a court order to do that. And then all of a sudden, the person who is actually due those funds, the former homeowner, said, well, wait a minute, where's my funds? And there's a court order that says it's to this attorney's office. And of course, there is no... Long gone. Right, exactly. And so this poor, unsuspecting young attorney, who, by the way, had all of her contact information on the Florida Bar's website, but that didn't help in this case because they were just doing something completely off the grid here. She called and she said, oh my word, what can I do here? So my advice is to go ahead and secure your own bar number by registering it with the clerk of the court's websites to get your own e-filing account. That way, your bar number is already taken off and no one can use that one. Even if you never use it in your life, I did, as soon as I heard about this, I did it. (laughs) I don't file. I am not going to file e-file anytime soon anywhere in the state of Florida, but my number is now off the grid. So you lock it down. You lock it down. Yeah, there's so many things they recommend now, like even if you don't have a website, go ahead and reserve the domain name right. chanelskyler.com so yeah. nobody else can Email, take that from you. social media, go yeah. ahead and just reserve it. You don't have to use it, but mm-hmm. you may, but nobody else will. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's been an uptick in identity theft or is this just a new way that they're having these issues, all these scams that are being hit? It seems like attorneys are targeted. Is there more of it or is it just changing? It's hard to say if there is actually more of it. I think we are getting more reports and I hope that that will continue because again, the more we know about it, the more we can do things like this, telling the public about it, telling our members about it so that they can better protect themselves. So we have had an uptick in the number of reports. And I think that these scams are getting more sophisticated. They're getting more brazen, if you will. I mean, I just very little floors me these days after spending almost 11 years, you know, dealing with conduct and things like that and what attorneys do and don't do in cases. But in this case in particular, especially where you've got someone really just pretending to be another individual filing for money out of the registry of the court and actually going, you know, to get it. So that was pretty shocking. It's pretty brazen. Yeah. Involving the court, it takes it to a whole new level. Right. Right. Wow. And they had to have a court order to get money out of their court registry. So, And then there's banking laws. I mean, there's just so many layers to this, but it just keeps getting more sophisticated. What are some general things that you would recommend attorneys also do? So like, make sure you have, you know, good contact information on the bar site. What are some other things? I mean, I, the things that come to my mind are like, start reading the bar news because we are putting these out there or, you know, checking the website. But generally, just in any kind of way to protect yourself for young attorneys or people that aren't very tech savvy. Well, you're opening the door for me to plug PRI. (laughs) Go to the PRI website and uh, no, look, look at the things that that PRI does have on their website about identity theft. And, you know, take these instances to heart when, you know, we give you the information like register that bar number with the e-filing portal. These are very simple things. They don't cost you a thing. Check your identity out there. Google yourself. Don't let your kids Google you. (laughs) (laughs) But That's what I say. But, you know, make sure that you're kind of being aware out there. Police yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Police your name. 
And, you know, just like you guard your social security number these days, your identity is out there. And it's, it's important to be able to look at the internet and just kind of be aware of things that could be out there. So yes, definitely read the bar news. We will continue to present articles as these scams develop, as things come to our attention that we need to keep this in the forefront of everyone's mind so that we can better prepare and better prevent these things from happening. Oh, and I thought of one more thing because we talked about an article where a would-be scammer was headed off because the attorney had posted a video of themselves, which is really like a good, great marketing thing, like get to know me so that you hire me. But the woman knew that the voice wasn't different or that it was different. They, As soon as she watched the video, she did a little due diligence and here was this get to know me video. And she said, that's not the person I was talking to on the phone. So it's funny things that are, right. you know, actually putting out more stuff about yourself could protect you right. to differentiate yourself from the scammer. I think the takeaways on our end as well, update your bar profile. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times we've mm-hmm. gotten attorneys that said, well, I changed law firms, you know, last year, two years ago. And sometimes we'll go to email them something and just to verify, we'll check their profile to make sure we've spelled everything correctly. Mm-hmm. Completely different information. Mm-hmm. Um, so start with updating your bar profile report. It's better to report. Again, we can't act mm-hmm. on anything if we don't know about it. So ACAP is here to help. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, something that we have to remind attorneys because whenever we tell attorneys we want to transfer them to ACAP or ethics, they immediately start freaking out. And we always assure them, no, they're here to help you. They're here to facilitate any issue you may mm-hmm. have either with another attorney or, you know, with an unknown scam artist. Yeah, I've started reassuring them immediately. You're going to love Chanel and her staff. They're here to help you. Before I transfer them to, to lower their anxiety. And I think there's some low-tech things that as technology, we love technology at PRI, but low-tech things where we hearken back to make a phone call and say, hey, now that we're working together, I just wanted to say say hello and introduce myself or asking clients. I think that they don't want to scare off a client, but saying, I need to make a copy of your driver's license, like identify. Actually, if you're seeing the person, just because they're in your office doesn't mean they are who they say they are. Mm-hmm. So we've got to not overlook the low-tech ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do post the cyber and the scam alerts. So floridabar.org, those go up. It looks like we've reached the end of our program. And I want to thank Chanel Schuyler for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. If our listeners have more questions or they want to follow up, how do they reach you? Like, does your department have an email address and a direct line that you can give them? Sure. They can always call the Attorney Consumer Assistance Program hotline, and that's operated 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, and the number is 866-352-0707. Or they can email me or any of my staff at ACAP at floridabar.org. Excellent. If you like what you heard today, please rate us an Apple podcast. Join us next time for another episode of the Florida Bar podcast brought to you by the Practice Resource Institute on Legal Talk Network. I'm Christine Bilbrey. And I'm Carla Eckhart. Until next time, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Florida Bar podcast brought to you by the Florida Bar's Practice Resource Institute and produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. 
Find the Florida Bar, the Florida Bar Practice Resource Institute, and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.